Let's talk about stories. We all love stories. Stories make us laugh, they make us cry, they can challenge and inspire us. But most of all, stories are one of the best ways to learn. The stories we will share are true stories of God's rescue and redemption shared by the people who have lived them. People just like you and me, grateful and undeserving characters in God's big story. Welcome to Life Stories. Welcome back to Life Stories. I'm so excited today. We have Tim Wadsworth with us from Greenville, South Carolina. Tim and I are good friends. We've been friends for a long time. We served on the same staff together at a church there for many years. We may or may not have gotten into trouble a time or two, but I'm really excited for Tim to be here today to share his story. Welcome to the show, Tim. Man, thank you so much for having me and what an honor. Love it. I, uh, I've been listening to this podcast uh, for, for a while now. And Ryan, I'm so proud of the work that God is doing in you and through you up there in Indy. And we miss you here in South Carolina. I would just love to kind of share my story um, for a few minutes and then kind of jump into where God has me now and where he's stretching me and molding me and, and showing me new ways of, of his kindness to me. Uh, I was born in Miami, Florida in good old 1985. And then when I was about four or five years old, Hurricane Andrew destroyed our house. And uh, that was back in the day in South Florida. Andrew was one of the biggest and most devastating hurricanes to hit America in, in a while. But I even remember as a little kid knowing that God was good and God was kind and that he loved me, even after losing our home and everything we owned and our future was kind of uncertain. We didn't know what my dad's job was going to do, but they relocated us uh, in 1991 to Simpsonville, South Carolina. And and I've lived in the upstate ever since. But a big part of my story is uh, I, I didn't really know a lot about Greenville just because I was really young. But one thing that my parents got me, and I'm still shocked to this day that they bought it for me, was a brand new drum set to kind of help with the move. You know, you lose everything. Your parents kind of feel a lot of uh, sympathy towards you. And and they got me a drum set. And I, I dove into drums as a kid, music was a big part of where I found happiness and satisfaction. And, uh, you know, obviously through my elementary years into middle school, you know, I kind of hear this rumor that youth groups always need drummers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what's a youth group? And uh, I, I dove right in and fell in love with the youth group world. I loved that they needed drummers and I found a lot of my identity. I found a lot of my community and I found a lot of who I was in that season in middle school and high school as the drummer in my church and kind of being the funny guy and just kind of being larger than life, so to say. And it was in that time that Jesus started revealing himself to me through the scriptures, but I, I didn't really have a head heart connection. Everything was truth to me. Um, I never disagreed or thought anything was bogus. It all resonated in my heart. I just wasn't willing to fully surrender. So middle school, high school years happen. I get super involved in my church. And when I was 17 years old, I had an opportunity to sign with Red Tie Records out of Lynchburg, Virginia. I did a lot of traveling. I was able to join the Fine Arts Center here in the upstate and uh, the governor's school. And my music career just kind of launched. But a lot of my traveling uh, was with a guy named Aaron Keys. And he's a really, really awesome worship pastor, uh, formerly out of Atlanta, Georgia. Now he's somewhere out in Colorado at a church. But it was in that time that I I traveled with Aaron and my bandmates and their families that I realized I was not following Jesus. Um, I watched how they treated others, how they handled money, 
the integrity on and off the stage. And I knew very quickly that I learned how to play church really well and I knew the right things to say, but that head heart connection just wasn't happening. So I had several conversations with these guys and God was so kind to just reveal himself to me. And I didn't just want drums or just to be in ministry. Like I I wanted Jesus. I wanted to be close to Jesus. And it was kind of from there that God launched my story. I I left Greenville, went to Lynchburg, Virginia, and went to school at Liberty University. Uh, I met my wife, Rachel, who's from Huntington Beach, California. We got married shortly after Bible school. I got hired at North Hills 2010. So I'm going on 11 years uh, overseeing the student ministry here, our middle school and high school ministry. And it's been amazing. It's been so fun. Uh, Rachel and I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old. His name is Judah. I have a five-year-old. His name is Levi. Levi, my five-year-old, he is going to grow up to be a lawyer or need a lawyer. We don't know which one it's going to be yet. Uh, My oldest son, Judah, uh, he is my heart. Um, And I just want to spend the last few minutes that I have with you, Ryan, just kind of talking about the journey of being a parent, the journey and raising two boys, specifically Judah. We found out when he was about three years old that he was autistic. And man, I were five years into hearing that diagnosis and I'm still grieving. It still takes my breath away. I didn't even know what autism was before we had Judah. I kept thinking in my mind that that he would grow out of some of these things, these tendencies, these quirks. And actually he never did. And some, in some areas it got worse. I, I, Ryan, I don't even know if I've, if I have even fully grieved it. I'm still in that process. I don't know if that grief will ever go away. However, one one of the things that Jesus has been teaching me through being a parent and, and through understanding being the parent of a special needs kid has has really been one of I, I was just, you know, feasting this morning on Matthew chapter six on don't worry about tomorrow. God loves the birds. He provides, he feeds them. God loves the lilies. He clothes them. They're, they're more beautiful than anything King Solomon could have ever put on or, or, or ever have. And life is so much more than food and drink and clothes. And so Matthew just kind of covers this. Hey, worrying doesn't add a single hour to your life. However, life is more than just these earthly things, the things that are just things that we see. They're here today and gone tomorrow. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when I wake up in the morning, I I have an opportunity to walk alongside Jesus, knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But so many times my, my human nature, my sin nature is allowing things to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so I had a year where I, I saw this as a really terrible gift from God. What did I do to deserve this? Did, did we do something wrong as he was growing up in his health? Did we make wrong health decisions for him? However, I uh, the more and more that I've been Judah's dad, the more and more opportunity that I see with him and the more that I've learned so much of who the father is through Judah. Special needs kids, they see Jesus so, so different. They love Jesus different. That He has given me eyes and ears to the father that I don't think I would ever have had without Judah being wired the way that he is. Judah has a love now for sharing the gospel. Uh, He's unapologetic. He's so bold and courageous, and I'm jealous of that. 
<laughs> I wish he would share some of that with me. But kind of going back to Matthew chapter six, I, every morning I have to readjust my focus where, where things have seemed hopeless or where things have seemed kind of dreary and uncertain. God has been so kind to, you know, like to take my chin and readjust my focus from earthly things to eternal and heavenly things. And that has been so life-giving to me. I started getting counseling every Monday morning with a professional uh, counseling agency here in Greenville. And uh, it was the first time in my life, Ryan, that I actually got counseling outside the church. Honestly, I don't even know if they're a Christian organization. He, th- This guy has used some Christian language with me. So I think the hope of Jesus is in his heart. But I'm just not sure. And I would encourage anyone that's listening, you know, especially those that are in ministry, the greatest thing that you can do for yourself is to get counseling and to do it weekly and to have people asking you hard questions. And that's been the greatest way to readjust my focus. Like I said, when Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, these people are pushing you back to Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I love that that middle word, truth. They're pushing you back to truth. They're readjusting your focus and giving you different eyes to see and ears to hear. And that's been unbelievably life-giving to me is every Monday morning, you know, I just came from it, Ryan, before I got here in my office to join on this podcast with you. And the, the incredible difference in my attitude and perspective had just been unreal. So kind of getting some tips and trips or tricks rather on uh, how to parent a kid with autism. Dude, they're hilarious. Judah is freaky smart. Like he's already doing long division and he's seven. (laughs) But I, you know, the simple things of life are just a challenge. You know, tying a shoe is really, really hard. Going outside in the rain, those those sensory issues. But but I know that God is molding him in, into an incredible young man. He's actually going to get baptized this coming Sunday. And our family is just elated. We're, we're so, so thrilled for that. If there's one thing that you can be praying for me and just one thing that you can consider of the, of the needs of a parent, you know, with a kid with special needs is pray for Levi, our youngest son. Uh, the younger brother is always looking up to the older brother. It's kind of monkey see, monkey do, uh, so to say. There, there's many areas where our attention is fully on Judah and sometimes Levi can get left in the dust. And so um, I know you listening to me, a lot of you obviously don't know me and, and you're just now learning who I am a youth pastor down in Greenville, South Carolina. But if you could just remember our family and our church, just to have wisdom on how to love and shepherd Judah and Levi in this season. He's thriving in second grade. Like he loves going to school. So that, that's been a huge blessing where first grade was kind of a nightmare. But I just want to just kind of have some humility and, and just kind of share with you the struggles that we've been in. It has been really, really hard, but also really, really sweet. Our church family has been so kind to love Judah so well. Well, other areas that you you know could pray for me is continued wisdom as I shepherd the next generation in our church. I love the role that I have here at North Hills, but but every day I don't want to get into complacency or to think I've got this figured out, but to continue to grow and learn in the best way to shepherd uh, these middle and high school students into their college careers. And that's just a little bit of my story. That's kind of where God has me right now. Uh, I spend most of my days in ministry family. And uh, I just came out of the greatest baseball season of all time. 
uh, go Braves. We just won the World Series. That was amazing. Uh, but Ryan, I, I don't know if you want to ask me any questions or if you want me to touch on anything else, but that was kind of the two cents I had to share. Yeah, Tim, I was wondering this whole time, how are you going to work the Braves into this conversation? <laughs> and I should have known if anybody could do it, it would be you. I actually watched the last game, part of the last game. You know me, I don't like baseball. but You like playoff baseball, though. Yes, I watched it for you and I was like, oh, I'm so happy for Tim. In my mind, I was like, he worked so hard for this for so many years. <laughs> I've had more people congratulate me for doing absolutely nothing. Yes. And it's it's been pretty amazing. It, it was nice to see the Braves have always been America's team. So it was nice to see America root for us because no one likes to see cheaters win. Okay. All right. I'm going to move right past that. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, But Tim, I I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. You know, so I do know Judah. I was around when he was born and walked through some of this stuff in in some ways with you. And one thing I can say about Judah is whatever room he's in is better off for him being in it. Hmm. Uh, He makes people happy. And uh, I think that's a a, a remarkable gifting that God has given him. Despite the struggles, I think that's a remarkable gifting. And I think it reflects uh, just the love that he has for Christ and for other people, even at a young age. Tim, I so appreciate everything that you've shared today. There was You talked a a bit about your study in Matthew. And really, what I picked up from it was kind of how to battle anxiety in a really specific way. Yes. Um, In the last probably two years as a counselor, uh, anxiety struggles have been the number one thing that we've seen, and it has not been close. Like, I've seen numbers go through the roof. So real quick before we're done with this today, Tim, could you maybe give one really practical thing that someone struggling with anxiety about parenting or about anything could do in the moment when they feel those anxious thoughts and feelings? Yeah, that's a great question. I I would say this this is what we're walking through uh, Monday morning when I go to counseling. It is identifying the distractions and the stumbling blocks, the things that can trigger you, the things that can really trip you up and recognizing and saying it out loud that these things are not healthy for me and my mental health. They are, they are things that take my eyes off of Jesus and put it on the worries of this world. And he's helping me readjust my focus. So I'll give you one practical thing, social media. You know, there's twofold there. Number one, it's a massive waste of time. But number two, I I feel a spike in my anxiety when I start comparing. When When I start seeing other things on social media or possibly, you know, I have friends who have kids that are the same age. And I see how their kids are developing. And I'm so quick to compare. I'm so quick to feel less than. And so I think eliminating the potential triggers, there's a lot of wisdom there. And so people just need to step back and say, what is good for me and what can I handle in this season? And what is not good for me and what can I not handle in this season? And step back and have the self-control to know what needs to stay and what needs to go. Yeah, that's super helpful. A a healthy assessment of what do I need for today and what do I not need? That's a Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a really great word, Tim. Thank you so much for doing this. For our regular listeners, uh, stay tuned for more life stories. Listen to the other episodes of the Soul Care Matters podcast and follow us on social media when you're in a good place and it's not a distraction at CPC Soul Care Matters on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Life Stories is presented by the Soul Care Matters podcast, hosted by Ryan Berg. Connect with us at CPC Soul Care Matters on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more life stories.